This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about non-alcoholic beer, and we are actually recording together in the same room for the first time in an age. Yeah, we're going to be toasting. We, we took some rapid tests this morning. Yeah. We're going to be toasting with, with non-alcoholic beer to, to togetherness. Yes. We wanted to wait and do this episode together because, you know, drinking alone seems so sad. Yeah, I just uh, knocked a a sleeve of saltines onto the floor. Okay. It's okay. Well, Matthew, um, memory lane. So, wow, it's so weird to tape an episode. Uh, (laughs) Yes. No, that's that's how we introduced that segment. So, memory lane. So, mm. (laughs) Okay. So, I don't think I ever can. I think like probably a lot of people in 2022, I never really considered purchasing a non-alcoholic beer type beverage until the pandemic when I found myself drinking more alcohol than I previously had. Yeah, I never thought about. Uh, no, that's not true. I do have memory lane. I, but then so like my memory lane is is way, way back. Then it then it sort of hits a dead end and then restarts recently. OK, OK. So when I was a kid growing up in southwest Portland, I used to go to. Whatever the supermarket was, uh, like in the in the Vermont Hills shopping center, in the very corner of the beer section, there was one brand that I think was called No Beer. It might have been huh. might have been near beer, or but I think I God, think near I remember beer, near beer is such a good name. I know. I, I think I remember it being called No Beer was the brand, and they would sell it to kids. It tasted terrible, but we would sometimes buy it just because, like you know, we we would feel like we were drinking beer and we would be cool. Wait, do you think it tasted terrible because it actually tasted terrible, or did it taste terrible because you guys were kids drinking something that tasted like beer? So I think probably both. Okay, uh, and we'll get into why. I think that is uh, when we get into kind of the history and technology of non-alcoholic beer. Okay. But I think it was not a very good product. But also, like, we were not used to the taste of beer. But uh, And I think probably we bought it, like, two or three times at the most. But, man, we thought we were cool. 
So I don't think I had ever tasted non-alcoholic beer until we were opening Delancey, actually. And we wanted to have a non-alcoholic beer on the menu, which kind of surprises me now in retrospect. I, I don't know where we got that idea, but I'm glad that we did. Yeah, me too. Um, and the one that we wound up carrying was Bitburger. Uh, I think yeah. it's ca- I feel like it's called like Bitburger Drive. Um, is that I- right? Or is Drive a different one? I think I think you're right. I can't remember. Anyway, but that was the one we wound up carrying. And I remember feeling really glad because I actually have a couple family members who no longer drink alcohol. And like, it, it, yeah, it just felt really good to be able to have something on the menu for them. It's like such a small thing. But yeah, I feel like absolutely. until recently, there hasn't been a lot of talk about um, why one would choose to drink a non-alcoholic beverage right. when there's an alcoholic version around. Right. So I'd certainly like thought about like, you know, mocktails and like, totally. you know, the, the idea of choosing a non-alcoholic beverage, which I which I often usually do anyway, but had not thought about non-alcoholic beer until you mentioned it like a couple months ago yes. and said that you liked athletic brewing, which I'd never heard of and didn't realize there was such a thing as a non-alcoholic craft brewery. There were several of them. Yes. Um, and I went out to the store and bought some right away and it was great. Well, I'm really excited to learn more about how this stuff is made because the part of me that also like, there's always a part of me that's kind of like, what is this stuff? Yeah. Like, is this, am I actually drinking something that's like, I don't know, like... Highly processed, probably like, weird. Not. No. So it it depends. We'll get into all the technology. I mean, I love drinking stuff that's highly yeah, processed. Yeah, I mean, like Don't we did the wrong, whole uh, the like, Coke freestyle machine, where wherever we we that's camped true. out in front of that Coke Coke freestyle machine and drove everybody but crazy like, at that pizza place. Okay, but even so, you know when we did our uh, our White Claw like uh, yeah. boozy cider. What did, no boozy, boozy cider? No, sorry, our sparkling. What do you think? What are these called? Uh, Hard seltzer. Hard seltzer. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, you're not the only one. Everybody's forgotten about hard seltzer at this point. I think think the trend is over. Wait, really? Already? Yeah. It's just that it's winter, Matthew. I guess. But I I heard it was like way down last summer. Okay. And people were drinking what what instead? I don't know. Boozy cider. Okay. Anyway, hold on. Even though we've done a hard seltzer episode, and I understand how that stuff is made. I've forgotten, so I'm glad you understand. uh, I don't remember anymore. But anyway, even then, like when I taste it, I always feel like a little bit queasy. Like there's a sense that like... I'm drinking something that was never intended by nature. So, I whereas think, like yeah. beer and like alcohol is something that just happens. happens, right? So, I think with hard seltzer, if I recall correctly from that episode, for tax reasons, they're not usually made by just like mixing a little vodka with a bunch of uh, of seltzer because then that's taxed at like a liquor rate. So they have to like brew it and then remove a bunch of stuff. I think the non-alcoholic beer is less processed than that because you're not trying to remove the things that make it taste like a fermented beverage, which with hard seltzer, you are trying to remove those things. Right. And so there's going to be more processing to make that happen. I don't know why I even care. Oh, yeah. I I don't either. Like, like (laughs) I drank a whole bottle of squirt the other day because I was sick. So... (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I mean, it, hand me like a, a a can of Coke and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. A can of Coke is really good. Yeah. No, I think I think it's like the kind of an uncanny valley thing. Like because you because yes. you think of you don't you ever think of soda as a natural product. But beer, you know, it's got like a venerable history and you just like stir some grains up in a pot and magically it becomes beer. And, uh, you know, the idea that, that that's that process is being tampered with. And this is a, sort of like a uh, like a Franken beer, a Franken beer. Like, I think that's what's kind of triggering that idea. But it's really not. OK, cool. Well, let's talk about it. OK, can we like start tasting or do we have to save the I think, tasting I think for the we end? should start tasting because, you know, if there's one thing that I feel pretty strongly about beer. It's that most of the time you want to drink it really cold. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, have you ever uh, are you new to drinking beer, Matthew? I sound like I'm I'm tasting something I've never tasted before. Have you had beer? I'm excited for for my first time. I'm glad we could. I've, I've been waiting. I've been saving myself for this for I'm this record. So out of practice on how to talk about food. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, it is true that like in in England, beer is often drunk at like cellar temperature, which is not ice cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's not my favorite. It's not my favorite either. Sometimes I, I will often like put the glass in the freezer before pouring the beer, which is very satisfying. Okay, Matthew. I How think do we that, cheese plate this? Okay, well, so let's start out by saying what we've got. Yeah. Okay, so admittedly, we have we have sort of uh, loaded the deck with a lot of athletic brewing. Yeah. Uh, athletic Brewing Company beverages, which we both really like. But I've also picked up a bottle of Lagunitas Hop, which they used to sell or they used to market it as like Lagunitas Hop. Be refresher. Okay. I remember I heard an ad on a podcast yeah. like three years ago and I went out looking for this stuff and I couldn't find it anywhere. Anyway, now it's called Lagunitas Hop. But your quest came to an end. You, you, you went on a three-year quest to find Lagunitas Hop. And, and and now it's at Delancey. They tried to throw you off by changing the name. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, uh, so what this is, is uh, more of just uh, like a hops flavored sparkling water yeah and i've had something like there's a there's a soda in japan i think called dakara it it comes in various flavors and like they did a limited edition hops flavor and and i sort of remember what that was like and so i imagine this is going to be similar we also have odul's amber why did i get the odul's amber rather than the original odul's i don't know it's i think it's just because i like the idea of an amber ale it sounds good okay Um, okay and so that's like a you know a big mass market brand. I, I remember like my the rest of my memory lane is like remembering when like O'Doul's and Miller Sharps and like the the big name non alcoholic beers came on the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I don't think I've ever bought O'Doul's before. I haven't but now either. I, have. I haven't either. Okay, so uh, I think we should start with the hoppy refresher because that one's kind of not really a beer. I think we should too. All right, Matthew. So open it up. Um, so I should say that this is not a perfectly clear sparkling water, right? No. Like, it's in a clear bottle, but when you look at it, it looks slightly yellow. Yep. It's a s- slightly, like, yeah, if you if you brought this into the doctor, they would say you are drinking enough water. Yes. Mm. I kind of like that. Well, so here's my thing. Like, my first few sips of it, I remember the first time I had it at Delancey, Brandon very excitedly brought it over to show me that they had it. And I had like, I split a bottle of it with him and I really enjoyed it. So I went out and bought it. And then I discovered upon drinking it at home and paying more attention to it that the aftertaste makes me feel weird. Okay. I'm I'm, about to say, I'm listening for the aftertaste. (laughs) I don't know. Like it is, it is like... You know what it's sort of like? Because it, it has like a sweet like soda note to it. It's sort of like a shandy. Or, yeah. 
like like a like a beer mixed with uh, with lemon lime soda. It almost has a sweetness to it that reminds me of like stevia or like a like an artificial sweetener. Yeah, I I, I get do that. Do you get that? But like, I do think this would be refreshing. It doesn't it doesn't satisfy like you know I want a beer. Yes. It's something different, but I do like it. I'm really enjoying it today, but yeah. When and I, I like the the fragrance a lot. Yes. Oh, it smells like flowers or yeah. something. Uh, it's got like an elderflower kind of smell. Mm-hmm. When I first went out and bought it after having it at Delancey, I was so psyched. And then I wound up like giving four out of the six bottles to Brandon because I decided, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's something I'm going to go out and buy, but I don't I don't buy a lot of like sodas in general. So, but if, if like there was a, you know, someone opened up a cooler and it was full of ice and there were a bunch of frosty bottles of Lagunitas hop sticking out of the ice. This would be really good if you were at the beach. Yeah. I was just going to say the beach. Yeah. If you're at the beach and it's really hot and like, you know, maybe you want something alcoholic, but you also know that you're sweating profusely. Let's go to the beach this summer. It's going to be really hot. We're going to bring a cooler. It's going to be full of ice. We're going to open it up. There's going to be Lagunitas hop inside. The cops will come over and be like, are you drinking beer at the beach? We're like, no, man, it's Lagunitas hop. Okay, so what is this stuff, though? And we'll realize that our life is a commercial. What do we say? What is this? Oh, what do we call it? No, what is this stuff? What is actually in there? Read the bottle. Oh, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Made with hops, yeast, and water. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. It does not have an ingredient list. Uh, okay, wait, wait. A zero alcohol, zero carb, and zero calorie refreshment made using everything we know about hops. It's a variation on a theme of 25 years of edgy brewing. Ooh, edgy Yeah, they've been brewing. edging for 25 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, it's going to feel so good. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah, that's why you were on that three-year quest. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, no, no. Okay, sorry. Ingredients. Carbonated water, dried hops, nutritional brewer's yeast, natural flavors. So it has no sugar, even though it does, and no artificial sweeteners, even though it tastes sweet. But what natural flavors? Couldn't that be stevia? I guess it could be stevia. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway. Okay, I like it more this time than I did the other night. I don't know what my deal is. No, I think think it's okay. 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 Let's do, let's do O'Doul's next. Okay. You should start telling me about these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, and I should say that the reason that I got interested in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to remember actually how I decided, because the truth is when I am drinking alcohol at home, I tend to be a wine drinker. Yeah. And the occasional cocktail drinker. So I, you know, I have like. When Tony DeGroni comes. Yeah. I have like a small bar. You know, so that I can make like a couple cocktails I like and then wine. But the thought of buying like a a wine facsimile would never occur to me. So if I don't want to have alcohol, I feel like it becomes automatically like you're replacing it with some sort of fruity soda or fruity mocktail situation. And I saw somebody on Instagram... I don't remember who, posting a picture of Athletic Brewing Tan. And they said that it was delicious. And so... I tried it and thus began my recent odyssey of non-alcoholic beer. Okay. Odyssey with, odyssey of. Chain me to the mast. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right. Okay. Cheers. Uh, cheers to O'Doul's. This, this tastes kind of like a mass market American beer. It does. Yeah. It does. Which is, which like is not usually my first choice, but it's certainly not 
something Again, I dislike. If you were at the beach, let's yeah, exactly. say. It's, it's like, I've heard this called like a lawnmower beer. It's a little bit sweet. It is a little sweet. Yeah. But that's also reminiscent of a beer, like a beer beer. Yeah. Okay, so... You know, few beers are truly non-alcoholic, although some of them are, and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, And so there's a lot of overlap in the history of non-alcoholic beer and low-alcohol beers, like small beers and session beers and that sort of thing. And and the history sort of blends together. Did you just say small beers? Yeah. Is that like another word for a session beer? I think so. I think a small beer is like, it's like the second beer you make with the same ingredients. And so it doesn't oh. doesn't have as much dissolved sugar, and so it doesn't produce as much alcohol. So it's like not extra virgin olive oil. It's just it's the virgin. virgin it's the virgin beer. Yes. Okay. So actual like marketed non-alcoholic beer uh, goes back like to the mid twentieth century. Well, okay, no, it goes back to prohibition, and so you know prohibition established uh, like the the line was you you could sell the product if it had 05 percent alcohol or less. Okay. Um, anything anything below that was considered alcohol free and not subject to prohibition. And okay. so brewers started started learning to make non alcoholic beer. It was not a big big part of the market after prohibition ended until like the sixties and seventies. Okay. Uh, at least in the U.S. And does that go with the rise of like the, the naming of alcoholism as a? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. And more so than that, the naming of drunk driving. Oh. Which really, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, like, you know, really became a force in the in the 80s. Yes. Um, and so you started to see in uh, especially like late 80s, early 90s, O'Doul's, Miller Sharp, Bitburger Drive, all marketed as for this is the beer that you drink if you're the designated driver or if you have to drive. Okay. That was that was like the key to the marketing. It was not really like broader than that for like, you know, when you are choosing not to drink alcohol. <laughs> And it's interesting in to general. think. It's interesting to think too. When I have bought non-alcoholic beer here in the state of Washington, I get carded. Did you get carded? I did get by carded. This? Absolutely. Do all states do that, or are there places where minors can buy "quote unquote" non-alcoholic beer, even if it's 0.5? Yeah, it varies by state. Okay. Okay. Can I have a saltine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me more. Right. So, like I said, like when I was when I was buying gross non-alcoholic beer. In the in the eighties, like that was before the big the big brands, so it was available. Yeah. Were you buying? Why were you buying it then? Oh, uh, because my dumb friends and I wanted to pretend we were drinking beer. Oh, okay. And so that was that was like prior to the launch of, God, of O'Doul's. I love, I love that you wanted to pretend you were drinking beer, and so you bought non-alcoholic beer rather than getting somebody to buy you real beer. Oh yeah, no, we it's we really sweet. That would have been um, well, okay. So actually, no. One time, I was on a car trip with a friend, and his dad let my me and my friend split a beer in the back seat. Oh, I, I think in the maybe, back seat. Maybe this wasn't like the best dad in retrospect, <laughs> and we got pretty drunk from half a beer because we were children yeah wow so okay. Um, okay that was yeah that was that was like my first beer do you remember like the the kids who had like the cool slash in retrospect bad dads growing up oh absolutely yeah i always felt a certain like especially in high school i always felt a certain like queasy feeling around those dads oh of course yeah yeah you probably even more so than me but but yeah definitely yeah yeah, like something is wrong here. But but also like you know I I like admired their their independent spirit and uh, their uh, grit and so <laughs> I wanted to grow up to be a bad dad that's and I what, hope that I fulfilled that destiny. That's the American dream. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, you know, so so the big the big companies like realizing that, okay, like, um, you know, we need to take drunk driving seriously or as le- at least as seriously as we can being a beer company, like, you know, got in on the action in the around, I think Odules was, was the first big one that was introduced in 1990. And is it made by somebody else, like by Coors yeah, or Bush I don't remember or something like that? Which which company it is, but all of the big breweries have multiple non-alcoholic brands now. Okay, okay. Um, it's like M- Miller Sharps, obviously made by Miller. Yeah. And so that really dominated the non-alcoholic beer market in the U.S. uh, for several decades until about the last dozen years or so mm-hmm. when non-alcoholic craft breweries with a with a much broader marketing idea of like it's not not just for you know this is this is the beer you're stuck drinking when you have to drive but like there are lots of reasons to choose a non-alcoholic beer either some of the time or all of the time so let's make a good one yeah 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 and so that's like um, athletic brewing bravest well-being and and brews from existing craft brewers like uh, like Lagunitas. I've never heard of Bravis or I hadn't either well-being. until I started looking around, but there are like I think there are probably these are like the three that I ran across just like with some quick googling and all their stuff sounded good. I'd be um, curious to do something like go to Bevmo or something. Yeah. Like someplace that is exclusively beverages and see how much wider the selection there is. Yeah, no, I think we could have come store. up with like if we had gone on a longer longer quest if we if we had like edged longer. Yeah. <laughs> but we already waited 25 years. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet you, totally allowed oh I love this oh I see they even have special pet items you yep. can use and they have the built-in alpha closet system nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes nobody wants to see nobody, that nobody yeah so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals I am down well this is made for you then and this is town place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. So how is this stuff made? I will tell you if you let me open another can. Here. Okay, which one? By the way, I love how like my my dining room is turning into like a a sea of open beer bottles and cans, <laughs> like a dorm room. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Very nostalgic. What I love is that I keep looking at this glittery birthday card that's propped up on the windowsill across from me, and it's just a big eighteen. <laughs> and like we could pretend that it's you, that it's not your your child December who just turned eighteen. You right. want to? Okay, yeah, yeah, for my 18th birthday. 
I love that it's also right next to some trivets because every 18 year old <laughs> needs trivets. That's right. Uh-huh. That's okay. right. When, uh, cheers. Did you, what did you put on, on your uh, your 18 year old registry besides trivets? <laughs> or was it just all trivets? Oh, I put those, mitts? Uh, I put those, um, those like candle holders that keep the wind from blowing out your candle. Yes. Uh, a hurricane, yep, 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 yep. it's called. I put those on my, my 18 year old registry. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. What is this? This is the uh, uh, Cerveza Atletica Copper Ale. So I think it's supposed to be well, based. Mm. I, I think it's supposed to be like like a like a Dosaki style. Okay, that is the vibe I'm getting here. Yeah, it's got a nice head on it. If somebody told you that this was Dosakis, I believe anything people or tell like, me. Uh, I'm very trusting. Or like Corona. Yeah, it's Corona colored. This with a lime in mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. right? Again at the beach. <laughs> it was right. I think I think it's what we're saying is it's been too long since we've been to the beach. I think that's the point think, of this episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um what do you think of this one? I think it's okay. Okay. Honestly, I think it's kind of similar to the O'Doul's. Yes. It's it's a little bit more complex and it has a better head. It to me has a little bit more of a aftertaste mm-hmm. than the O'Doul's. But yeah, it's it's not thrilling. Yeah. But it gets the job done. Yeah. Okay, go on. Tell me you how this, me how is this stuff is made. Okay, so there are a few different ways to make a non-alcoholic beer, and with with one exception, all of them are are in current use and often like multiple different methods by the same brewery, depending on like what they want to highlight in the finished product. Okay, so they are first you make beer and you remove the alcohol. That is one. That is one overall method, and there are some sub sub methods within this. Okay. So the simplest way is to make a beer and then heat it to above the boiling point of alcohol, but which is 173 degrees Fahrenheit, but below the boiling point of water, which is 212, and the alcohol boils off. I see a lot of problems with this. Uh, yeah, the the biggest one is then you get cooked beer. Yeah, and it tastes bad. Right. It would be like um, making jam or something. I feel like it would... It would be like making jam. Exactly. Like making and so, <laughs> so much fruit. This is probably the method that was used for the no beer that I bought when I was 13. Oh. And okay. so and so it would have tasted like a really uh, lousy beer. Okay. Like just with, with like dead flavors. And then of course because like the, the in most of these methods the carbonation is removed through the dealcoholizing ah. method you have to recarbonate the beer as well. Okay. Okay. Through like forced carbonation. Yep. Okay. So another option is to do the same thing but in a low pressure chamber so that the boiling point of water and alcohol is greatly reduced. Okay, so in this, so doing this you could still boil off the alcohol, but you wouldn't be cooking the flavors right. and all those uh, things. By the way, if this sounds like the opposite of distillation, it is. D- so remind me how distillation Distillation works. is you're you're like uh, you're you're capturing the the alcohol and like um, you know stuff that's that's dissolved in it in a se- in a separate chamber because that's the part you want. Okay. In this case, you want the stuff that's left behind. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, and what, so- do people ever sell like the remainder, like the stuff oh, that's left that's over when you distill? Like, the answer is yes. Whiskey or. So there, there have been some like beer flavored liquors, and I don't mean like malt liquor, which is just a term for for like a high alcohol beer, but like a like a forty percent 
like beer liquor that is made through distillation. I don't think I've ever tasted one. I don't think it's like a very popular class of product. Right. But it does exist. Okay. Okay. Go on. Something beer nerds would definitely know more about than I do. Okay. So so when you, you do the low pressure method, like that is, uh, you know, you still, it's still going to change the flavor of the product some because it's, mm-hmm. it's still being, uh, it has to be heated, but much less than heating it to like 170 degrees. Okay. Or another method is to take your beer with alcohol in it and do reverse osmosis. Okay. So reverse osmosis is you you make a semi-permeable membrane and force the beer through it so that what uh, what comes out you know on the other side of the membrane is the is the water and alcohol and some and some dissolved acids and then on the side of the membrane that you push the beer through you get this beer flavored sludge and, oh that sounds so good is that mix, what we're drinking i don't know like which method was used for each of the beers wait, wait, but wait you said beer beer flavored sludge what happens to that stuff is that what we drink yes so then you take the beer flavored sludge which has all the beer flavors in it and you add carbonated water and now you have non-alcoholic beer Oh, that so seems like that's, the, that's the best method. It's it's the most expensive method because you need okay. like, you know, high pressure pumps and, and uh, semi-permeable membranes and stuff. But it is one of the best methods. None of, except for the, the like just boil the shit out of it method. All of these are good methods and like, well, I'll get there in just a minute. Okay, okay. Another option is to stop the fermentation before alcohol is produced. That seems like it would taste very different. So it does. So that that's Klaus Toller's approach. Um, ah. One thing you can do is you can make a make a wort, which is uh, like a you know a soup of malted barley and water. Okay, and just not add yeast at all. So what you get there uh-huh. is a very sweet brew that doesn't taste much like beer. And like barley tea, it, t- it tastes uh, yeah, kind of, but, but malted. So so it's uh, more more flavorful than than barley tea, and probably richer richer brew. Okay, and this is, and then you can carbonate it. This is not a good way to make like a beer beer, but for making like a fruit beer or like something where you're going to be adding flavors, other flavors, and acid, it can be a good base for that. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or you can brew a less sweet wort by using like types of malt that uh, produce less sugar. Mm-hmm. Then you ferment it all the way, and just the full fermentation stops at less than 0.5 percent alcohol because there wasn't much sugar in it. Okay. Yeah. And so it's this all how Klaus Toller is made. Yes. Yes. Klaus Toller uses all of these approaches. Interesting. God, I wish we had some. Yeah, I uh, I did not see any. Okay. Or you can do regular brewer's yeast, regular malt, and uh, filter out the yeast when the fermentation has just started and not gotten very far. Okay. Um, and so that's enough fermentation to produce some beery flavors, but not more than 0.5% alcohol. Okay. And, and again, like none of these is like the right one right way to do it. They just all produce different flavors. And, you know, you think about like what, what kind of product you're trying to make and how you're going to market it. And you choose and like how much money you have and what kind of factory. And you choose the the de-alcoholization or non-alcohol producing method that fits with that. It's interesting to think about, for instance, the Lagunitas Hop, aka Hoppy Refresher, uh, and to think about how the beer flavor was achieved there, right? Because it is truly a sparkling water. The Hoppy Refresher, yeah, I think what you're tasting is only the flavor of hops, which is a big part of the flavor of beer. Okay. And so, and you can get like hops flavor, I guess. 
I mean, okay. can you get hops flavor? Sure. I, mean, I guess if I you mean, go to a home you? brew store, can't you can any. probably get all kinds of stuff. That's true. Okay. So, so I learned a lot of this on the website that we'll link to of um, a non-alcoholic beer brand called Groovy. That's G-R-U with an umlaut, V-I. <laughs> okay. Um, and I did not find any of their products. I would like to try them because on their website, they talk about which techniques they use, which are arrested fermentation, no fermentation, and dealcoholizing. I think, I don't remember which type of dealcoholizing. And t- they talk about how, which of their beers are produced using which method and why they chose that method. Okay. Okay. So now we've got the one that you and I both started out with. It's the Athletic Brewing Upside Dawn, which they describe as their, What? Golden. Golden. Okay. Yes. This I drank like a whole six pack of a couple weeks ago. Not all in one day. What do you think of this? I think that this is delicious This is by far the best one. It's got got the best uh, balance of, like, I don't like a very hoppy beer. Me neither. Like a non-alcoholic beer, I think, needs to have like enough hops so that it doesn't just taste sweet. Mm -hmm. And this is the first one that we tried that has really a balance of sweetness and bitterness for me. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting because... When I ran out of my first six pack of of this, I realized I had like a couple Pilsner, a couple cans of Pilsner from a local brewery Mm -hmm. that I and I've really loved that Pilsner. And so I opened it up one night when I wished that I had this non-alcoholic athletic brewing beer and I couldn't get over how much sweeter and thicker it felt. I think that one thing I do really like about uh, at least what we've tasted so far of the athletic brewing non-alcoholic beers is that there there is a slight thinner quality to them than alcoholic beer, but yeah. it isn't a negative thing. Yeah, I agree. It it makes them, I would say, like more refreshing yes. overall. Yes. Although, like the next one we're going to try is a dark beer that I'm very curious about. Okay, okay, let's try it. So one, like, like I said, like, you know, you choose your, your, uh, your production method based on what your goal is. And that can be a flavor goal, but also it can be an amount of acceptable alcohol goal. So, okay. and specifically what I mean is like, you know, for sale in the U.S., 0.5% or less is the standard pretty much everywhere. That is not true, for example, in Iran, where non-alcoholic beer is super popular and it is illegal to sell any beverage that has any alcohol. So it has to be 0%. Okay. And so in Iran, non-fermented and industrially dealcoholized are the only are the only acceptable methods. How is athletic brewing made? That's a good question and I don't know, but I am going to guess that because they have a wide variety of of beers like we're trying 3 of them but they have at least 10 that they're using multiple methods depending on the flavor profile of the beer they're going for. Okay. Cool. Okay, so let's taste this last one. Yep. This is the all out, is it a stout? It's the, yeah, All Out Stout, extra dark. Okay. And I love dark beers, so I I ordered this one online. Wow. You really went the extra mile. Yeah. Okay, nice color. Ooh, nice head. Look at that. Yeah, this looks really good. So, yeah, I got to say for me, to be honest, like, I I have been drinking less because, like, I feel like this happened to me with coffee at some point. Also, like, I just got to an age where, like, every time I drink alcohol, even, like, one beer, like, I feel crummy later. <laughs> and, like, but that's okay. Like It is okay. It is okay. And, I, you know, there's a part of me... Uh, so I have always been someone who had quite low tolerance or was at the low end. I like this a you lot. You like this? Okay. Yes. Oh, that's really nice. It really tastes like a stout. Yeah. And it also has that, like, not as heavy, like, feeling in my mouth. Yep. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. 
That's so I'm cool. I'm so glad I have five more cans of that. God, that's so cool. I think that my feeling is, and I assume this is like very common um, for a lot of people during this pandemic time, is my tolerance has gone up. Mm-hmm. And it's still not, I don't feel like it's a problem, but at the same time, I'm just very aware that it's gone up and that bothers me. Yeah. It really, it just like bothers me. I remember a time like when I was straight edge in high school. Oh, sure. Did you have and I didn't, I didn't written drink, on your hands? I didn't drink caffeinated coffee. And I remember thinking like, I never want to be dependent upon a, a substance. Like I, I couldn't imagine how I would ever allow myself to to have coffee every day because I knew I would develop uh, dependence on sure. it. And I certainly have. And I love coffee. And I'm now yeah. like, woohoo, whatever. I'm just going to keep drinking my coffee. But I, I don't want to feel that way about alcohol. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And so like I, but but on the other hand, like I love having a beer, like just kind of the idea of it. Yes, um, I know. know. A frosty glass. Like I love having beer with pizza. I love drinking a beer while making dinner. That's very yes. satisfying. And I, I'm going to I'm going to be buying this more. I I don't think I'm going to stop buying alcoholic beer, but I'm certainly going to be yes. buying this more often. I now have been making sure that I always have this in the house because yeah, I I think that a lot of us are used to having some sort of a, an adult beverage in that window of the day that is like work is over. The evening hasn't really begun yet, and there's sort of this transition period, right? Yeah. And and I find that's when I really want something that feels special. And these actually feel like special. They do. Like they're they're a, a little bit expensive, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they cost as much as as alcoholic beer. I guess yes, as a craft they do. beer. Yeah, they do. I think I think adult beverage is a good term because like to me this still feels like an adult yes. beverage in the sense that kids would fucking hate it. Yes. Right. Like yes. I offered like you know my my eighteen year old like you know can, can I pour you a little non alcoholic beer and they were like no gross. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and that is different to me from, for instance, the Lagunitas Hop, which right. still does feel more like something I would drink in the afternoon. I uh, thought you without- say that you would drink in the afterlife <laughs> but i i would drink lagunitas hop in the afternoon it feels like it's a different category not that i wouldn't drink a beer in the afternoon in the afterlife i'm planning to drink ambrosia is that is that a thing uh, yeah yeah uh-huh. although it's also like a weird salad fruit salad with like grapes and marshmallows and, and gelatin stuff. Yeah. i think maybe a coconut oh yeah yeah um well we know way too much about that we do <laughs> Okay. Well, um, I'm really curious to hear from listeners who maybe are in other parts of the country, maybe with access to other craft non-alcoholic yeah. beers. Hold on. This one, is this from is this from Colorado? No. Uh, yeah, where Ath- is it from? Athletic Brewing is from San Diego, California, and oh, okay. Stratford, Connecticut. Interesting. All right. Yeah. And like, so the ingredients, like because it's not an alcoholic beverage, they have to put the ingredients and the ingredients are water, organic, organic, Vienna malt, malted barley, oats, wheat, hops, yeast. God, that is that's delightful. For that's the dark beer. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's, but it's got like I was looking at the ingredients to see like did they put like some coffee flavoring in which like, you know, beer like dark beer makers often do. And no, it's just like the natural flavor of a dark malt. Well, and the the other thing that that I have to remind dark myself Dark malt was that guy from the Phantom Menace, <laughs> the red red face, yeah. Dark malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um 
The other thing is that even these, which are expensive, quote unquote, for beer, it's like what, like between ten ninety nine and twelve ninety nine yeah. for a six pack. It's still on par with a like a, a decent grocery store bottle of wine. Yeah, right. For sure. And uh, anyway, I get way more evenings. Yeah, out like Kroger of this. brand wine. <laughs> Um, Which is, as everyone knows, is my favorite. Do you, like one thing I ran across, and like I kind of noticed this the first time. Like I drank a whole can of of the of the Upside Dawn. Like, did you feel trashed? I I felt like a little bit tipsy. Okay, and this is a common thing. Like you know that that your the way you experience any substance depends a lot on how you expect to feel. Okay. So like you know that they talk about like drug mindset and setting, and like mindset is a big part of your response. So like I feel like I'm not even like totally giving up the uh, the intoxicating effect because I can enjoy the placebo effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not, it, I'm, yeah, I'm not even joking. Well, and the other thing, too, is that I think for me, well, like a lot of foods, the first few sips uh, or the first few bites of something are often the ones that like really hit those pleasure oh, sensors, yeah. you know, and then there's this, you know, diminishing returns situation. And the first few sips of these really great non-alcoholic beers are absolutely as pleasurable to me as an, their alcoholic counterparts. Yeah. And so that too, like that, that hit of pleasure is important to me. And I get that here. Yeah. All right, cool. Amazing. Yeah, maybe we can come back around to this topic. Cause like we do the show every week and we've done every food topic. So, um, <laughs> Oh, uh, we have. Yeah, no, I, I forgot. I look. Yeah, I was looking at our list, and we've we've now done. We've every, done all the foods. Every food, every ingredient, every dish. Wow, everything. Mm-hmm. It's over. Uh, so bye, everybody. <laughs> no, but I would like to taste more of these, either either on a professional or non-professional basis. Great. Well, let's hang out, Matthew. Yeah, let's let's uh, next let's go time, to the beach. Yeah, let's let's drink these in a very unprofessional way next time. Oh, great. Okay, okay. <laughs> a lot, a lot of like spilling and like spraying each other with beer foam and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's time for segments. Let's start with spilled mail. This one is from listener Kara. So the gist is that during our Day of Perfect Snacks episode, Molly said she did not want to make a burger for breakfast because of the lingering animal animal fat smell. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm and so fun. Listener Kara goes on, during the pandemic and working from home, I've adopted the pr- process, the mm-hmm. practice of eating any food any kind of day. For example, yesterday I had some cold kielbasa and a pierogi for breakfast, which might normally be considered dinner. Yes. My thought process is, why would I wait t- until dinner to eat what I really want to eat now? My question to both of you is, are there any foods you only eat at a certain time of day? Or how do you feel about eating non-traditional breakfast, lunch, dinner foods during other mealtimes? Oh, I love this question. question. I love this question. So I have always skewed sweet for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I don't tend to ever reach for what I consider to be like lunch or dinner foods at breakfast. I just don't. I love doing that. I know you do. This yeah, is I why like we're not married. Pizza for breakfast. That's right. No, if we were if we were married, like that that would be... never never fly because you have to eat the same breakfast yeah, as yeah, your spouse. Exactly. That's that's uh, that's what Doctor John Gottman said <laughs> yeah. in the email that yeah. he sent me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After you do your love maps, <laughs> yeah, then you gotta you gotta. The, my love language is the same breakfast every day of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> bite for bite. Like, yeah, if we don't if we don't split this waffle, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Go on. I don't so 
I agree with Lister Kara that that this is like my general my general philosophy is like if whatever you want to eat any time of day, like go for it. Who cares? Um, and I love pizza for breakfast as probably my favorite breakfast. Although I do also like a sweet breakfast. Like this morning, I had some uh, Bob's Red Mill peanut butter granola, which is very tasty, and it's okay. basically like a like a granola bar that somebody punched. But I have noticed, thinking about this, that breakfast for dinner used to seem like a real treat maybe like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And over time, like it seemed like less and less like a viable option for some reason. So I got to tell you, I had a very recent experience with this. So okay. growing up, so my mom was, you know, on diets all the time. And so I, I think I've talked here about our definition of breakfast for dinner when I was growing up. We have, but I don't remember. Okay. So I think this was actually like a, a, a suggested meal in some diet my mom was okay. doing. And it was either like sauteed like- or steamed spinach with a fried egg on top and shredded cheddar cheese on okay. top of that. Okay. Sounds good. Really good. Except, I mean, I think that, I think we always had it with steamed spinach. Okay. It, much better with sauteed spinach. Sure. Anyway. So growing up, that was what I thought of as breakfast for dinner. And I have had like a sweet breakfast for dinner very few times in my lifetime. And so recently, Ash and June and I decided that we were going to do breakfast for dinner. And June Mm -hmm. was so excited because our main like special breakfast is pancakes. Okay. So this meant pancakes for dinner. Yeah. So I had some breakfast sausage, cooked that up. We did pancakes. We wound up deciding not to cook eggs because we had all eaten eggs at lunch. Sure. I was going to say, I love making myself an omelet for lunch. That's one of my favorite things. I love eggs for any meal of the day. Actually, I prefer eggs for lunch or dinner Mm -hmm. over breakfast. Anyway, so I made uh, breakfast sausage and my usual pancakes. And I have to say, it was the most joyless experience of eating pancakes I think any of us have had. Like we sat in silence around the table. It was so what do you much think's going on it there was so though. Much less like, fun than having pancakes for breakfast. I mean I think the only conclusion is that you and I have become less fun. Because like I would so. have enjoyed this ten years ago and I don't think I would enjoy it today. And like what the fuck is wrong I with I think me? even June was kind of surprised by how we were all like eh. I think the truth is is that I mean I I think that my body, well, I think both of us are some... I think I think my body is a wonderland. I, I was going to say, but I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, I think that both of us are people who are really aware of what we want to eat at any given time. Yeah. And I think that we have conditioned ourselves to want certain flavors at like certain times. Yeah. Like I want savory flavors at dinner time. And, yeah, and I, but why can't like, we be like happy-go-lucky and carefree like Mister Kara? Know. I don't know. She's better than we are. Okay, so that that's probably the answer that she was looking for. And yeah, uh, problem solved. I think another issue is yeah. that we always have some kind of like dessert after dinner, mm-hmm. and if you've eaten pancakes for dinner, you kind of like don't want dessert yeah and there's something sad about that i agree like i love the the counterpart of like you know the savory dinner and then dessert yeah all right how about now but wow Ooh. okay Okay, so my Now But Wow for today is a new podcast. It's about a month old, and it's called The One Recipe. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> what, if we had, what if we had recorded all of these episodes and not released any of them and they just dropped them all on the same day? 
like 575 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You are are so messed up. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense, but it would be really weird. (laughs) People would talk about it. This beer has done things to you. Okay. So um, I want to talk today about this new podcast called The One Recipe. Uh, It's hosted by Jesse Sparks, who's a senior editor at Eater. And what I love about this is, so for someone who, like, I, I am a cook who loves a repertoire. Like, I love to have, like, this recipe that I always make for this kind of pasta. And like this recipe we always do when we want like chicken tacos or whatever. Okay. So what this podcast does, the one recipe is that Jesse Sparks talks to chefs and cooks from all over the world about their like one go-to recipe. Nice. Okay. I think that it's going to be really great. I, I, I'm kind of amazed it's taken this long to get a podcast like this. I'm really excited. I will, right? I will subscribe. Yeah. So anyway, it is um, it's put together by the same team as the people behind Splendid Table. And you can find it everywhere you find podcasts. It's called The One Recipe. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Indeed. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and you can have like a chill good time with other Spilled Milk listeners by going to reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk and just like talk about whatever. Yeah, bro. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, um, the show that's been uh, smooshed through, through a membrane. And now we're just a, a delicious sludge. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. I said this morning, never mind. I was, I was going to try and like remember and then retell a joke that I made this morning oh, about that always works involving well. the, the musical Dear Evan Hansen, but maybe I should just like let it go. Okay. Okay. Let's start over. <laughs> All right. I'm going to clear my palate with a, with a saltine. You are so drunk. Mm-hmm. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.